All right, welcome back to Open Source Marketer. I'm your host, Charles McKeever, and today's topic is online reputation management. How small and mid-sized businesses can manage their online reputations in an ever-changing digital world. Joining me today to discuss the topic is Vendesta CEO, Brendan King. Brendan and his management team have built a family of over 60 professionals that help businesses increase profits using reputation management. They've been at it since 2008. Brendan, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Charles. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate you spending time. I know you're traveling and you're in your hotel room there. And you're you're, uh, you're doing this for us on the fly, so really appreciate it. I know we're going to get some great information from you. So uh, I think it's fair to say that what people are, are, are saying online is has a real impact of what businesses are doing offline. I mean, we've seen a clear example of, of this with the recent online buzz about the iPhone 6 Plus and and all that's caused, and uh, it even caused Apple to open up their testing facilities to show, uh, you know, how they test their products. Uh, so, you know, whether it's Yelp or TripAdvisor or Facebook, you know, word of mouth does carry a lot of weight. But before we get too far into that topic, though, I, I want to hear from you, uh, what you what your definition of reputation reputation management is. Sure. So, you know, and that's funny. There's a lot of different people talk about reputation management in different ways. It's not trying to, you know, scam the system or hide your identity online or, or change the results of how you run your business so that, you know, people can't find bad reviews. Reputation management really is nothing different than what every small and medium business has always done uh, all along. Um, it's just that it, the, the, the place that it's done, the, 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 the how is not different. It's where and uh, and and it and how that it's done that's actually changed. So you know, in the past, uh, people would come into a small business, and uh, <clears throat> the business owner would protect his reputation, and and it would travel by word of mouth. Now, uh, the rate of change has completely changed. So uh, consumers are empowered. So sites like Yelp uh, or any other review site, Google Plus, have really enabled consumers to to have a, a voice in, in what, they, what they think about a business, the business's reputation. So a brand is really no longer uh, what you say it is, it's what your customers say it is. So you really have to protect that brand and you have to work you know, uh, hard to, to perpetuate it because it will change. And you know, Like I said, in the old days, what could someone do? Take out an ad about your, uh, the bad service you provided? Today, it's instant and it travels far. It, it does seem like it's uh, it gets magnified as well because one one media source will pick it up and then it just gets exponentially blasted out. Uh, especially again with the example of the Apple thing, uh, be, whether people had a direct experience with it or not, it was just a good story to to pass around. Sure, and if it resonates, um, and if other people feel the same way. You know they're gonna pa- they're gonna pass that forward and it's gonna turn into something bigger than it than it, than it is. I, I read this book called um, um, Made to Stick, I believe it is, and and one of the things the tenets of it was that a good story gets passed around, just whether it's yeah. true or not. It just is, is it is it believable and is it something that's you know worth telling and people like to just they just like to do it, uh, whether they have any direct experience with it or not. So yeah, that is the danger. If you look at Snopes, it's full of those stories, right? It's uh, and and that's what happens with folks with reviews. You know, if if a review is particularly well written or it resonates, uh, people will start to pass that around. There's a couple of examples. We have examples every week of businesses that don't handle those things right, and the story gets bigger than it than it needs to be. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I worked with a client a few years back that uh, one of the the main things that they had was a glass ceiling was kind of a problem uh you know the website going in and and having people give you know negative reviews and and so 
in those situations like that where someone is posting negative things about you, what do you do? Yeah, so so if we if we attack that first, so uh, small businesses oftentimes get defensive. So the number one thing is don't get defensive, okay? So in my experience, when there's a, when someone writes a bad review, one of three things have happened. So you know, in the first case, um, you've made a mistake. So someone in your organization has done something they ought not to have, or have not served a customer properly, or whatever it might be. You in those cases, just apologize. And then offer to t in all in all cases offer to take it offline. You know, put your phone number in there, and and get them to call you. And before I even get into the three cases, some people say don't respond. That is just not an option anymore. You need to respond, and you're not responding for that one customer that you're talking to right. You know, in the in the response, you're responding for the next thousands of customers that are going to see that response and understand whether you care. So first, um, you made a mistake. You know, don't get defensive. Just apologize. Try to take your put your phone number in there to get them to call you offline or wherever they need to call. Communicate offline, phone number, email. Secondly, there's been a, and this is the biggest case. There's been some kind of a misunderstanding. You know, something happened. It was a misunderstanding. Both sides didn't know about it. Thank the person for bringing it to your attention. Tell them what you're going to do to fix that, um, and 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 say you're sorry. And then again, if they want more, offer to take it offline. The third case and the toughest case is the person's a troll. There. Nothing is going to make them happy. Everybody knows um, that this, these kind of people, they're looking for a fight. In fact, you know, um, so you don't want to engage them. You want to try to take it offline. I often say that uh, uh, fighting online with a troll is like, uh, is like wrestling with a pig. You're both going to get dirty, but the pig's going to like it. <laughs> so, That's excellent. So, so you just really need to try and take that offline. Yeah. I, I had someone. It's great to hear you say you say, uh, confirm that because I, I gave a talk one time uh, for um, a local group, and and that that kind of question came up. It said, "What do you do with people who are obviously tr troublemakers?" And uh, they didn't use the word troll, but they troublemakers. And I and I the way that I said it was basically. You know, when you walk into a room, social media is like walking into a room and everybody sees everybody that's there. And when someone's being a, a, a butthead, you know, uh, everybody clearly knows it in the room. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's really no reason for you to try to win that conversation because they've already announced themselves. And, and all you have to do is, as you say, respond appropriately and people will, yeah. will see your side of it. So they'll, yeah. they'll see. They'll, that's right. They'll see it for what it is. And they'll actually appreciate it. And many times... Um, you know, other customers will come to your defense if, you know, depending on what kind of forum it is, if it's a review or an online forum or, or such. But, uh, yeah, that, it, it shows people that you care by responding to them. So a lot of search engine peers have said, you know, don't respond. You know, it's going to give them search engine relevancy. People are going to link to it. It's just not an option anymore. Um, you, you need to respond. Okay. So it's pretty obvious then that negative reviews could hurt your business, that keep people from buying your services or you know doubt their 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 purchasing decisions stuff like that on the flip side of that is there something that i mean can people take advantage of that to increase their revenues is there a way that they can use reputation management to you know drive sales yeah like i i mean you know there's a lot of things i could say here when i think about how how people could you know use that but a negative review is really an opportunity for you to show the stuff that you're made of um and, and more to your point about what have reviews done, if you think about it's really has taken away from some of the power of a brand. So let, let's use a, a no-name laptop. 
you know, back in the in the early, uh, you know, in the 1990s, you when you bought a laptop, you wanted to buy a Dell or a, an IBM or a Compaq because you needed a brand name because you were worried about that. And there were lots of other names that were cheaper, but you, you know, sus quality was suspect. Online reviews come along, people start reviewing those things. You get a if if people that you know or that you trust review a laptop and say that it's great, you're far less likely to pay that higher price point just for the brand. The same thing happens with businesses. So really building your, this is an opportunity for you to show that in fact you are a trusted brand regardless of how strong your brand is relative to your competitors. It's a chance to, for people to review and say hey, this is good or bad. So um, I'm not sure that answered your question. There's another, another study, a, a Harvard Business School study uh, just in 2011, September 2011 I believe, um, uh, showed that a one point uh, increase in a Yelp rating uh, would affect revenues between five and eleven uh, percent. For that's for a restaurant. So, you know, if that's the case, that's a huge that's a huge differentiator. You really have to protect your reputation if people are making choices to come and frequent your your location based on that. Yeah, because I I mean, if we just take it, all things being equal, let's say you know, sure, a negative review makes a, a negative result, uh, but let's just say that you had neutral, nothing. Right, and and you could yeah. do a you you could have a campaign where you could actually have uh, positive reviews if you could get an eleven percent bump in business for essentially doing the same thing that you're doing, just making people aware of your um, of your um, customer service or whatnot. Yep. Then why not, right? Yeah, and that's exactly right. And so that's we talk about monitor, managing, building the reputation. And so monitoring is just understanding what's there. I mean, that stuff is happening. A lot of businesses say, you know, I don't. I don't want to worry about that stuff. Well, it doesn't matter. It's happening, so they should be aware of it. And then managing that is, you know, responding to your customers. You, if a customer walked into your store and said, "Hey, you know, this sucks," you wouldn't just ignore it if you stood outside your store with a placard. Effectively, that's what's happening when you ignore a review on a on a review site. And then thirdly, is to build that reputation. So this this brings me to the whole idea of sort of the how things have changed, or the you know, Google has what they call the zero moment of truth. So in the past, businesses used to spend money, and the moment of truth came when people came into their store and the cash register rang, and that was what they called the moment of truth. They could tell that their advertising was effective or their brand was effective. Now, what happens is, you know, people see some stimulus, whether it's an ad or a review or anything else, and they search online for the business. First, they have to find the business, so it's really important the business can be found because that's the way folks find businesses now is online. And then they, after they're found, they say, well, what? Do people say about this business? What's their reputation? And then they make a choice to buy from that store or, or buy that service or product before they even actually vis vis visit the location or you know or whatnot. So then they go to the location, and that sort of becomes. So we have the zero moment of truth means I'm going to buy from you. The first moment of truth now is when the cash register rings. But then there's that second moment of truth. That's when they use the product or consume it, and now they talk about it in social, and that becomes somebody else's first moment of truth. So we think you know that's the monitor, manage, and build. You have to be able to be prepared to, you know, promote your reputation online. It's not. It's good enough to know about it and then you know try to respond to it. But now you have to also re promote it and build it. It's the same way you build great customer service. You just run your business well. But there's a few extra things you need to do now in the social side to ensure that other people know about it. It, it sounds like as you were as you were talking there, it sounds like there's there's a lot of discussion about uh, building. Uh, quality into your products, making sure that your services are great, you know, those types of things. So it seems like that part of the conversation is just as important as 
the management of the, the, the conversation that's happening online because it's going to drive the conversation that's happening online. Is that, is that what you see? There's absolutely no substitute for running a stellar business. I, you know, and, and a lot of the guys that run the top, top businesses, you know, they don't really even have to worry so much about reputation management. What they want to do is to promote that, to get the benefits of it. So they want to make sure other folks know about about it. And when when you know, it's one thing for me to say something about my business, but when other folks are saying it, it's way better. So if I can get other folks to say it and I can promote that, my reputation will really pay off. That's the primary reason why you take a plus one to a party, right? Just so that they can talk about you instead of you talking about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so what I always one. do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You bet. So. What are then? What are the important metrics? I mean, there's a lot of places where you can get reviews. There are a lot of things that you can pay attention to. What are the important metrics to consider when you're measuring this online presence? So I'll, I'll just sort of give you the top three, I would say. So one is this, and I talked about it briefly already, but the visibility or presence. You know, where so where are you listed? Where are you not? Like, is your business listed on Google? Is it listed on Yahoo and Bing and Yelp and Foursquare and CityGrid and Facebook? And I can go on and on. There's hundreds of sources. Is your business listed there? And it's not good enough just to be listed. Is it correct data? And I'll tell you why. If someone looks for, let's say, a plumber in Austin, Google wants to serve them a real plumber. If that data isn't consistent, Google is going to say, well, there's three different phone numbers or three different locations for that plumber. I'm not going to put him at the top of the list. Because if I do, and that guy drives over there or phones him and he's not a plumber, they're not going to use Google next time. So Google looks at all that data and says, this is the one I'm going to serve. And so making that data consistent on those listing sources is basically the number one local search thing you can do as a small business. It just has to be done. I call it foundational. So the second thing is, is after they find you, because now they can because you've got that good consistent data, then you want that, what they find to be a good story. So that would include your, you know, your review scores, what people are saying about you on social, all of these types of things. It just has to happen. So, uh, so visibility is sort of number one, then your, your reviews or your reputation is number two. It's easy to measure. Five stars is good, one star is bad. And then lastly, your social footprint and your audience, really. The, the simplest thing is how many people are liking or following you. I mean, they're not going to if, they've got, if they don't have good customer service. So it all boils down to that. I mean, also then there's all the engagement things you can layer on the top. You know, are they sharing your posts and liking your posts and, and, and sharing your reputation? But, um, but basically those three things, visibility, uh, sort of reputation or review score, and then your social footprint or audience. So okay. those would be the, the basic things to start with. Okay, and I'm, I'm sure that goes a lot deeper. You know, there's a lot of other, other things you can pay attention to to fine-tune the conversation. But, and, and you mentioned just a moment ago that there's uh, there are... are you know, an infinite list of places where you could pay attention. Uh, so is this something that, is reputation management something that an individual could do themselves or is it better served as, you know, from a team effort? How does, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, sure. So, you, you know, you can absolutely do it yourself. It's, it's just, are you so inclined? So what we found is that small businesses are very busy. They've got lots of things to do. They need another thing to do, like a hole in the head. You know, what, what, and if you try to do it yourself, you'll quickly see there's you know 400 plus sites. The biggest problem is that data keeps changing underneath. The data comes from a set of data providers out there on the internet. There's four main ones: there's Axiom, Locally's, um, InfoGroup, and uh, Factual. And and that data, if it's not the same on those sites, it'll keep on getting bad on the other sites. So you can try to claim those sites and fix the data, but it's an ongoing effort. 
there are a lot of services, including ours now, that will help you take that data and what's called what syndicate it or send it to those data providers and then send it out and, and sort of lock it in. And it's not very expensive. And so I would say that the cost benefit is like, you know, but some people, you know, who are inclined or want to learn more about it, they, they absolutely can do it themselves. I don't know if you're a fan of Jim Cramer, uh, you know, on, on the... A little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's, you know, he, some people love him, some people hate him, you know, so it's kind of, it's always tenuous to kind of bring him up in a, in a conversation. But uh, I think the one thing that he says that I, that's really uh, makes a lot of sense is that he wants to educate you to the point so that you can at least know what questions to ask of your financial advisor. And, and, and that seems yeah. like a, a fair thing to do. Like you were just saying a moment ago, uh, you know, someone could do this on their own. Sure. Right, but do they need to do that? Is there any value to them doing it? It doesn't really seem like there would be. Uh, and they, I'm sure you're a big advocate of, of education, though, and, and letting them, uh, you know, making them aware of of the things that they should be focusing on, so that, that you guys can have a conversation together. Is that is that oh, fair? Oh, that's that's a hundred percent. So when we look out there at the world, you know, it's really funny. Uh, a local media company called Kelsey, they're an informatic. They 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 do surveys and of the industry. They did a survey and and. Uh, one of the most valued things that a small business wants out of any product they buy, no matter what it is, is a DIYer, do-it-yourself, self-serve. So it's like 86% of businesses said that's what they value the most, uh, whether it was you know any kind of service. The truth is, very only 15 or less, 10% of businesses actually ever do it themselves. They want someone else to do it for them. They value this, but they want someone else to do them. And that's important because you know we've actually coined a term and trademarked it. It's called do it with me. So in the industry, we have this DIY, do it yourself, and then we have what's called DIFM, do it for me. And so a lot of media companies sell products that say, we'll just take care of everything. We'll do it all for you. We'll do your social posting. We'll, you know, we'll post on your Facebook page. We'll respond to customers. The problem there is it's very, very difficult to be authentic. You know, we just, you know, if someone calls and says, is your, you know, your apartment building pet friendly, I can answer that question on your behalf, likely, if I'm uh, hired by you. But if they start asking you know, questions about the intricacies of different apartment buildings, there's no way that I'm going to be able to, you know, give them a valid response and I'll have to just slough it off. So the point is, is that, you know, I think that the value is there for, for businesses to hire someone to help them, to give them the basics, maybe start to build these things, start to do some posting for them, build fans. But when fans engage, they have to be the ones to respond. You can't outsource your customer service. You just can't do that. And so when you try to do that, it's you're in you're in bad shape. So we so we've coined the term, you know, do it with me. And so we think that's what we need to do is to really help businesses understand what they need to do. So the first thing we always say is, you know, here's what you need to do. You've got a, a, some reviews you haven't responded to. Here's how you do it and we show them how they should do it. And then we show them how they compare against their industry so they have some context. You know, lots of times when they try things like marketing they say, oh, I, you know, this marketing campaign was terrible. I only got 20% open rates. Not understanding that that's, in fact, actually off the charts, you know, fantastic. And so they, they don't know how many times people are supposed to share their Facebook post or how many times people are supposed to like it. So we try to help them to understand that and show them what they're getting into. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear you say that because I, I am a big advocate of, of, of do-it-yourself. To the to the degree that you understand what's going on, and then after that, I wanted to, I want somebody else to do it. <laughs> That's right. Even the even the things that I I'm I'm a I'm a geek by by nature, and I love to learn new things. And at some point, I, I once I've mastered it, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. I'd rather just hand it to somebody else and let them do it. <laughs> That's great. Well, okay. So you guys have a white label 
uh, version of this. And so exactly who is that for? Who, who is typically yeah. interested in that sort of thing? Yeah, so, so we build, when it's a white label, so we don't sell direct to small media businesses. We sell to, to companies, and media companies are digital agencies that already sell the product to small businesses. So we have about 120,000 small businesses that use our product, but they use it through some of our, you know, one of our partners. And it could be, you know, the Hearst or Gannett or McClatchy, the local newspaper. It could be the local Yellow Page company, or it could be the digital agency guy that's been making ads for you and doing your bus boards and everything else that you've done all along. So we provide them that ability to do the the uh, the reputation, social media, and presence management um, uh, for on behalf of their customers. So they'll, you know, the, as far as the customer is concerned, the small business it's 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 the local guy. Excellent. And and Excellent. in that situation, I know you have a team of people on your end. Do they um, are they assigned like a, a project manager, or do they? How how does that work? Do they? <coughs> so our white label platform. Is uh, we're a software development company, you know. So you know we're a hundred years, and we, and our platform is used by our partners. So our partners will will uh, so it's completely white labeled. So and we can set it up. We do the tier one training, so we train their staff, and then their staff handles all the customer support and everything else. If they ever have a question, they come back to ask us. Okay, excellent. That's that's great, yeah. and and so. If someone is out there and they're they're proactive about this, they they're, they've, they've read up on online reputation, or they've even you know f- what you've said so far, they're ready to get started. What should they do? Well, I think you know I think that they do need that expertise at a local level. So I think they should find someone in their community who they trust, who already serves them you know other products that and, and that they can go to and say, hey, do you have a, a you know a product that will help me manage my presence and my reputation and my social media? And, and even if it's not our product, I think the best thing for them to do is to find a local partner that can really help them out. See, I, love, I love that answer because it was, you know, even if it's not our product, right? I mean, because that, that's yeah. ultimately that's what it comes down to. That's the way that, again, going back to the having a good quality customer service, good quality, you know, you're, you're thinking of the customer first. And I think, I think that's fantastic. So kudos for you for that. Thank you, Charles. Uh, so... Okay, let's say that uh, people are, you know, obviously there's a lot of information that's on the, the Vendesta. Vendesta? Say it again for me again. Vendasta. 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 You got to say it when you got a wrinkle your nose when you say it. Vendasta. Yeah. I'll tell you, though, if you Google it, you're going to find us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, but is there a particular social media channel that, that, they, that we should, you know, the listeners should follow if they want to get more information? Sure. So we use all the channels. So I mean, you know, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, although it's it's interesting, you know, because we're a white label platform and we don't really market directly to the end users, we use our our social channels for um, uh, for recruiting and you know uh, local kind of stuff. So if you go to our Facebook stuff, you'll see all the you know we have our own sort of TED talks every uh, once a month, and we have a whole bunch of culture stuff. So you might see a lot of that. If you go to our website, that's where you're going to find. The social platform that we talk about and how we can help our partners, um, you know, sell more products to to small businesses and help out small business. Okay, excellent. There you go. So go go to vendasta.com and get all the information all the information that you're going to need. You bet. Great. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I, I really appreciate it, Brendan. We appreciate the nuggets of information. I'm going to go back and have all this transcribed. So uh, you guys definitely be sure to check that out once once it's on the website and be sure to go to vendasta.com and check them out. So Thanks, thank you. Charles. You can you can take out all those ums and ahs I did at the start. I, oh no, I, no, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll keep it real. 
<laughs> All right. All right. Thanks very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye now.